What makes a good recruiter? On this episode, we break down five of my 15 traits of a good recruiter with Jake Brower. Let's do it. Atlas All Access starts now. Jake, welcome back. Thanks. Actually, this is my first. No, no, no. My first all access. For real? Yeah. Okay. But you're no you're no stranger to this world. No, I've been in this room a few times. Quite a few times. Okay, so here's what I did. About a I would say probably nine months to a year ago, somewhere in there. Um, I was on vacation and I wrote because I can't relax ever. That's my wife. Vacations don't work. But I wrote the 15 traits of a good recruiter. And that was this is all of them. It there was, are no more. There, this, that's it. There's only right. 15. I say what they are. Everybody else is wrong, right? No, no. It's fine I, with me. In in my head, and this was it's it was a compilation of different articles that I've read and books that I've read and you know things like that. Sure. And there was like 10 traits of something else that I borrowed some of these from or whatever and kind of changed the wording a little bit. Um, but so I came up with 15 traits of a good recruiter. We're going to do three separate episodes, five traits each with different recruiters here at Atlas. I'm going to give awesome. you the first five. And these are in no particular order, okay. by the way. So the first one, again, no particular order, be conscientious. And that's hard to say. I don't. It is hard to say. It is. If you can say it. Ten times fast, you win a prize. Good Maybe on you. Talk shows or something? Sure, why not? <laughs> Look at Jake giving away Those food. are always the prize. <laughs> That's a great prize, though. It's a great prize. Okay, so what does be conscientious mean to you? Um, so when I first heard the word, like another C word popped into my head, consider it. Mm -hmm. um, nurses live a different lifestyle than almost any other profession like on the planet, right? Right. Keep weird hours. They work long hours, um, sometimes overnights. Um, it changes every week um so for a guy like me who works in an office from whenever to whenever mm -hmm. some days longer than others right. um it can it can be really easy to forget that nurses um they live the kind of a different lifestyle right. and, and so many recruiters you know will will pick up the phone and and call a nurse that's waiting for an interview so they got to keep their phone on right at you know 8 30 in the morning they just fell asleep they woke them up um, so little things like that, um, understanding what they go through, understanding what they experience on a day-to-day -day basis, understanding the, the reality that they walk out of a hospital um, with burdens from the families and the patients that they've worked with. Um, some days harder than others, but they don't. They leave work, but they don't ever really leave work at work because mm -hmm. of the nature of, of their job. And so being conscientious, I think, is just being willing to acknowledge uh, that they live a very different lifestyle. Um, and being willing to kind of meet them where they're at mm -hmm. instead of expecting them um, to meet you where you're at. Absolutely. I think the only thing I would add to that is, and I wrote this down as I was kind of going through these, um, and I wrote little notes for each one of them, for myself at least. It, from a recruiter standpoint, you need to learn to be organized and efficient. The mm -hmm. more organized and efficient you are, the easier it makes for them, sure. right? And they, on, on their life, with their lifestyle and their schedule, et cetera. For sure, because I mean, so much of the time, the time you do have to talk with them about assignments or or what's coming coming up next, they're like just getting off of a twelve hour shift and mm -hmm. like on their way to bed, having an hour and a half conversation because they're not organized is going to be incredibly frustrating. Very frustrating. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Number two, 
be respectful. I mean, that's kind of on the heels, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like almost the same conversation. Um, but for me, I would, w- the way I would jump in with that um, first is just uh, understanding and being willing to connect with what it is, what their job entails. Mm-hmm. Um, respecting them for their, for their abilities and for um, their knowledge and their understanding. Uh, I think along with teachers, uh, nurses kind of fall into a category of like overworked, overeducated, underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a big way that, that we can respect nurses is just by acknowledging that what they do is, you know, and think about it like this. You wake up in the middle of the night and your your son is not breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't even think for a second if anyone's going to be in the ER when you get there. You, you just know they will be. You just know they will. Right. Um, if I don't show up for work, well, maybe nobody would really care, <laughs> at least for a couple of weeks. Yeah, you but know. we just sort of, we, we live under the umbrella of safety and security that they provide, and we rarely acknowledge it. And so I just think respecting the reality that we live our lives, you know, we, we expect the light to turn green um, when we go and red on the other side so that we don't crash in the middle of an intersection. Mm-hmm. We expect the chair to hold us up when we sit down in it. We expect a nurse to be in the hospital every second of the day. Mm-hmm. And they just are. They and when are. we go, we don't mm-hmm. say, I'm so glad you're here. We just assume they will be. Exactly. And how many of us really stop to like respect the reality of the profession? Right. I And my note here I wrote down was, understand how valuable their time is. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to that being conscientious sure. thing that if, and I personally believe this because it happens in my everyday life here, is if you call somebody unexpectedly, if you just call them out of the blue, cold call, right? Mm. You're stealing their time. And I hate it when somebody calls me and I think, oh, this number looks familiar and I answer it and it's for sure whatever, you know? Yeah. And I, I absolutely understand the profession of sales calls yeah. and things like that. Not that I think there's, I mean, I believe there's a difference between a cold call in what we do and a sales call in, in general. Right. But if you call someone unexpected, you steal their time. Be respectful of their time. And be ready to add value. Mm-hmm. You know, when we make these calls to, rec- to nurses, it's because we want to help them find a job ultimately. Absolutely. So they do need our help, but we don't want to steal the time. Mm-hmm. We want to add, a good recruiter is going to add value with every interaction that they have. Yep. Okay, number three, take initiative. Man, that's kind of a tough one. Um, So often, um, as a recruiter, I find myself kind of waiting on a nurse to be ready. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that that my initial thoughts on that are kind of piggyback off the last one and what you said about respecting their time, being Mm -hmm. ready, being prepared, um, doing homework in advance so that you can take less of their time. Um, when I when I jump on the phone with a nurse, um, rather than um, taking that time to then go through and start looking at jobs, maybe look at some jobs in advance that mm-hmm. they might be interested in. And as you're explaining, you know, the details of those jobs, you can start to get a feel for what it is they want, what they're looking for. Um, the more information a nurse can have on the front end, the easier it's going to be for them um, to move through and often frustrating process of mm. putting their paperwork together, filling out all kinds of different forms. Um, yep. So as a recruiter, m- my way of respecting that reality is taking initiative and being ready for them. I took the the client management approach because that's what I did before all of this, right? Sure. I worked directly with the hospitals. You gave me the profile. I took it to the hospital for the interview, waited for the for offer, sure. came back to you, right? So taking initiative to me was 
don't wait for the order. Go get it. Yeah. Know what that hospital needs ahead of time and make it happen. For sure. Like if you, especially if you work with, if you work with that facility or, you know, for a number of years, Mm -hmm. you can anticipate, okay, it's August and they have ER needs. For sure. It's, you know, whatever it's, it's flu season. They're going to, you know, they have flu clinics that they staff or whatever the case may be. Take that initiative to, to know ahead of time so I can communicate that to my recruiter, what they need. So then you have that, like you said, information to take to them. I think too, like quality of, of work, you know, when a nurse gives me their information, Mm -hmm. I take that and I put it into a profile that's essentially marketing them to the facility. I wonder how many nurses, if they saw their profile would be like, seriously, this is how you painted me. (laughs) Um, And so like even acknowledging that, that we are representing on their behalf. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy at times to maybe just like throw it together quickly to try to get a placement as fast as possible, which sometimes you just have to do that. Sure. But taking the initiative to really ask the right questions so that you can represent them well Mm -hmm. um, and give them the best chance to get the job that they want. Right. Okay. Number four, be a good listener. (laughs) And I think you more than anybody else excels at this. So when you first brought this up, I thought we were coming with our own, um, and this was would be this would be my number one. This is, okay. in my opinion, um, if you aren't a, a good listener, you cannot be a good recruiter. It's you would not fail. Like you would a absolutely trait fail. of a good recruiter. It's you understand right. what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, but I would say that um, that listening really takes a different form when it comes to being a good recruiter, um, because you can't just listen to words. Um, it's one thing to ask a question and and let the person talk mm-hmm. so they feel respected. It's another thing to absorb every piece of information that a nurse gives. Sometimes it's verbal. Sometimes it's nonverbal. Sometimes it's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a nurse is is constantly telling the world what they're struggling with, what's hard mm-hmm. for them via social media and other ways. Um, you know, listening to to little things like um, their personalities, uh, mm-hmm. what they like to do, all being able to listen allows me to go out and find the right contract for them mm-hmm. in the right season of their lives. You know, I remember one time they told me that they, you know, can't stand driving in the snow because their car is small and has bad tires. Um, if I'm a if I'm a bad listener and I start pitching jobs in you know Fargo, North Dakota, where mm-hmm. there's always snow, right. That, that's an example of being a bad listener. Mm-hmm. Um, but on, on the other end of that, you know, if I, if I pitch a job in Fargo and they say, I don't like the cold, and I keep pitching cold weather jobs, I'm not listening, right? right? And so I, I just think um, nurses need to feel like they're heard, mm-hmm. um, especially by the recruiter, because they are putting their livelihood, their careers in our hands. Um, and we can't make assumptions. Right. For them. And I think sometimes it isn't even the words necessarily. It's the pauses in between. Yeah. It, it's those. It's those little moments. It's mm-hmm. the sigh. It whatever. Yeah. Those those go a long way as well. For sure. So For I sure. I wrote down if you don't listen, you'll never know what they truly want. Is exactly yeah. what you just said. Or even need like there's times when when as a recruiter we have to look between the lines and mm-hmm. I've had plenty of, um, you know. Not maybe arguments, but borderline arguments with nurses um, that I've gotten close with because I have some information that they don't have, and 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 maybe I know 
or feel in my heart that this is going, this would be perfect for them, but they can't feel it for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, I think being sensitive and, and knowing, getting to the point where I know my nurse's career and her resume and her likes and her dislikes well enough to be able to say, listen, I know this looks attractive, but you're not going to be happy here. I'm convinced you will be happy here. Mm -hmm. um, and there are a lot of trust, obviously, sure. has to be built to get to that point. Yep. Um, but if, 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 I, if I do that, I have to have reasons why. Mm -hmm. Listen, you told me once that you felt like this, and mm -hmm. that's why I think this would be a great fit for you. Yeah. Um, do you remember last time when you experienced this? I don't think you're going to experience that here. You know, little things. and being The only way to get to that point is to actually listen to them in right. every aspect of communication. All right, so the last one then is be persistent. Um, I'm going to take this more from like a, like a getting them job standpoint. Um, I think we do a lot of telling nurses no. Mm -hmm. um, there's times when we need to, but mm -hmm. I think um, a good recruiter does that as little as possible. Um, it says yes as much as possible, or at the very least says, I'm going to do everything that I can. Um, whether it's requested time off, even around the holidays, or a location that they really want to go, um, it's my job to go get them what they want. Mm -hmm. And if I have to tell them no, if I have to tell a nurse no, I, I, sure, I sure better have done everything I can to turn over every single rock to try to find exactly what they want. Um, and then if I have to come back and say no, I can say, look, I, I went here, I went here, I tried this, I tried that. Um, this just isn't going to happen this time around. And again, I took this from my my past life as a client manager, mm -hmm. right? Is I'm going to be told no so many times that I have to push through that. Right. But I do it with kindness and consideration. For sure. That persistence doesn't mean grinding them down. It means you're their advocate and you want to do what's best for them. For sure. And that, that happens both on the hospital side and on, on, your recruiter, on the recruiter side with Absolutely. nurses too. Is I understand because it's my job on the client management side what you need based on the profiles of the travelers that you've accepted in the past. For sure. I know this person is exactly the same person that you had this time last year for that for that ER yeah. job or for that CVICU job. Yeah. I know this person will succeed there. Like and there's again there was a trust factor there yeah, too. Absolutely. But again, we are told no a thousand times, mm -hmm, right? True. I mean it just yeah. it happens to us a lot. Mm -hmm. It happened to us when we were marketing candidates and right, and right. that type of thing too. But you have to be okay everyone in the process has to be okay with no. Right. And, yeah. and I think the conversation starts at no. Yeah. And I've always believed that. And I've been trying to tell my 10-year-old son that, that the conversation starts at no. He doesn't understand that yet, yeah. but he will someday. Yeah, someday. I, yeah, I think, too, there's a... For, for a recruiter, you know, I experience all the time, like working with a nurse, trying to get them placed. I just miss out. I had this um, amazing couple that I was working with, um, one OR nurse and... Um, the wife is an OR nurse. The husband is a, a CST, a surgical tech, um, and worked so hard, submitted him so many places, like just got to know him a little bit in the process. They were new for me and they're working with another larger company that will not be named. <laughs> um, and um, when they got, when they told me they got placed at that other, at, with another company, like it just bummed me out so much. Um, but persistence would say, you know, I'm not going to give up. Like right. 13 weeks is really, really short. Um, I, I know they belong with Atlas. Like I know they do. And I know they'll enjoy their experience with Atlas way more than where they're working right now. Um, 
so I could forget about them because move on, you know, there's, there's, there's other things to do. It's a busy, busy world. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't, I'm persistence for me is not forgetting them. Right. Um, not forgetting what they want, being, being prepared for when they're ready to start again. Um, I'm not, I'm not sad. I won't be satisfied until they are Atlas nurses. And that for me, that's the persistence that, you know, remembering birthdays, sending, sending gifts on birthdays, even if I'm not working with those mm -hmm. nurses, because I want them to experience life as a traveler with Atlas med staff, because it's, it's the best. <laughs> I know I don't need to tell you that. Right, but, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, and, and I love that moment of celebrating when we, you know, when I've worked with a nurse for, or talked to a nurse for a year, mm -hmm. two years, never placed them, finally placed them, and we like celebrate, hey, like look how long this took, but we stuck with it and we yep. did it finally. Well, and that's, there's a, uh, there's a recruiter that's been with us for a long time who has been recruiting for a very long time, John Miller, mm -hmm. who does a lot of training for us as well. And he said something once that always stuck with me that no matter if they take a job with you or not, you are always their recruiter. Absolutely. 100%. Always. They may never work for you. Mm -hmm. You are still their recruiter. And if that was truly the way every recruiter in our industry saw nurses, nurses would no longer feel like an object mm -hmm. or a paycheck. They would right. feel like people um, that deserve to be respected and right. cared for. So, All right. Well, those are the, those are the first five. Jake, thank you for being with me today and, uh, and answering these. Next week, we'll handle 6 through 11. And then the week after that, I'm sorry, we'll handle 6 through 10 and then 11 through 15. Is that right? 6 through 10, 11 through 15. <laughs> I think that's that. right. There we it's go. good look math. At, look at Jamie helping me with the math. You don't get paid there. to do math. I do right. not get paid to do math. So, all right. We'll see you next week. <laughs>